someone please tell Taylor and Joe they have to do their show? Thanks. Well, that concludes another episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Special thanks to Mike Lawson for joining us today. <laughs> you can follow Mike on Twitter at Mr. Mike Lawson. So, for Mike Lawson, <laughs> Taylor, Christina, Taylor Christina Brown, and myself, sashay away until next week. just so tired after doing that show <laughs> you are so smart you are such a genius oh my god that is hysterical that is his, that was a complete surprise to me folks i had no idea he was gonna do that god you i was not expecting that that was really good <laughs> that we were gonna walk from our studio and do this special edition of uh of, uh, well, I don't know what we call this show. It's just our monthly live stream for patrons only. Yeah, for folks the folks that support us on Patreon. So, we so thank you if you're here live. Thank you, and if you're listening to this a couple days later, we thank you as well. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about. Oh, I know there were two things we wanted to talk about that I said. Oh, we cannot talk about this on the show. Uh, but. Uh, I think that we should talk about here uh, on the monthly live streams. I didn't want to talk about it on the other show. And then I also want to go over the roast that we did, and we can analyze those jokes. Um, okay. One of them was uh, I got a couple of uh, when I did the, when I did the gold bar last Friday. A couple people, a couple of people in the chat room who are you know they follow us and whatnot. They mm-hmm. said, Joe, don't you think? It's funny that the that the Alexis's uh, reaction and experience was similar to yours on Sirius Satellite Radio when Sergio attacked you. And I want before I say my opinion on that, I want to get what your take is on that, uh, Taylor. Well, I, I mean, there's the difference is that I know you, <laughs> mm-hmm. so and I care about you, mm-hmm. so I don't like to see you hurt. And while I don't necessarily want to see Alexis Michelle hurt. I, I I have more concern for you and how you're coping with it than a reality star. Mm-hmm. But do you so. think that do you think that I was equally as sensitive as Alexis? Well, I think that there's a difference in that with Alexis. You know, you're talking specifically about the response that she had with the the, the body stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. I would say the difference is she was in an arena at that particular moment where it was about coming for each other and whether or not the jokes went too far, there was that equal playing field. Whereas I feel like the way that you described it being in the studio by yourself, you're kind of the guest on an already established show with Sergio and Larry that it kind of felt like, you know, the one thing that I said on the episode was teasing is where there's an equal playing field. Bullying is where one has power over the other. And I feel like difference between a, and the reading challenge versus you and Sergio is that there wasn't that equal playing field and that you felt like you had didn't really have the ability to back after him to the level to which, you know, you usually do, because I think that you enjoy a, you know, a, a banter between people, whether it's podcasters or whether you're on Larry, but it sounds like, and I haven't heard the audio, but it sounds like things that he was saying, you felt as though you weren't really able to return return the uh, a proper response you know did that answer your question it does answer my question and it's, it's along the same lines which is and it's something i even it was it was reinforced on monday is there are five people on this show yeah it's larry sergio jamila michael and myself okay mm-hmm. but four of them are sitting in front of each other in a studio in new york I'm right. a disembodied voice uh, in Los Angeles, and I can't see them. Like, even right now, you and I have more of a connection because we can see each other. And mm-hmm. what happens, as, as, as can often happen when there's four other people, is that they get a role going, and then you can tell that there's like, I, I don't know, 
I don't know where to jump in. And so often I just, the, I think the smart thing to do, I think I play it smart, uh, wisely, is I just don't say anything unless I'm called on. Because I, I think, I don't know, was I telling you, Taylor, that I felt uh, like uh, Liza Minnelli uh, peaking when they remember when Ellen was doing that selfie for the Oscars. You said that on catching up. I did. I think you did. If not, then you and I talked about it privately, yeah, but for I think some reason I feel like I, I, <laughs> I feel like I just heard this story and yeah. I would, I just listened to that episode of catching up a couple days ago or, or that, not this story, but that analogy. So I think that that's where I heard this. Yeah. And so that's how I feel anyway. So when, Larry and Sergio came for me. I'm already, I can't see them and they can see each other and they're just talking over me. And I'm just like this little voice going, like, um, but, eh, but, eh, eh, eh. so in that way, there wasn't an equal play, playing field. If I would have been there, I would have, girl, I would have gone there. Right. Know? And that's, that's the other thing is that it's easy for it. I think it would have been easier for you to respond had you been in the room. And I think he would not have been as prone to go as, uh, aggressively, as you say that he did. Yeah. So well, that's... yeah. And the other thing is too is, but like what you were saying is, I show up to do a recap show of RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't show up for a reading challenge. You know? Yeah. One thing Alexis did is she knew there was a reading challenge in place. You know, yeah. she knew that was going to happen. And 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 also the the other thing too is I never say anything mean about Sergio ever. Uh, the, like I said, the closest I, I say anything mean to him is that he's when he says I makes a joke about me being Mexican, I'll make a joke about him being Russian. But that's the closest. Yeah. It's, it's never anything that bad. It's very silly, actually. Kind of dad mm-hmm. jokey, you know, <laughs> whereas um, Alexis was going just as hard as everyone else, like about Shay's teeth and about, uh, uh, you know, um, what else did she make fun of? Oh, that pheromone was a prostitute. Right. I and wonder- I of a, 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 a former podcaster. uh, posted an article today on Facebook that I kind of did the, I kind of did the eye roll at as far as the, you know, why are gays so mean to each other? And why do, why, why would a show that's supposed to promote, you know, unity and stuff do, do something like this challenge? I'm like, okay, here we go. This is just like the last thing with the, you know, you got Gmail. This will be the new thing that everybody's up in arms about. And then they won't be able to do this one anymore. You know what's so funny is I was thinking about uh, this. Actually, this topic in a sort of way came up on on Sirius on Monday. Uh, I can't remember what Larry Larry made a good point about something. I don't remember what it was, but the point I don't remember what anyone said I was talking about. <laughs> but uh, one of the things I said was, you know, and this is discussed in Paris is Burning. This is not my particular insight, but mm-hmm. that. The reading challenge is important. It's important. It, well, it was important then. It's probably less important now. This is why we see people like Farah being bad at reading. Is it was? I think it was an, an essential tool for gay people 30 years ago because you knew, especially if you were a gay person dressing like a woman, that people were going to come after you hard. So it was, in, it was almost kind of like, like sparring and training so that when they come after you in life – you have already heard worse. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that does that does make sense. So I thought I think reading was an important skill to build one so that whatever stones they throw at you, your skin is tougher, you know? And two, you you have the skill set now to to retort back and read them to filth. But I think that that need while that need was very, was specifically specific to the uh to 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 the drag community from 30 years ago. I mean, we're still seeing for LGBT as far as that that you know, you you see some of these kids that live in rural America or live in really backwards places or don't have the support. That is a way to kind of build up their arsenal to build up their armor, you know, that that biting wit and it it is still an important piece of gay culture. So maybe it's more of an urban thing that maybe white gays but- yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I do think it's an important part of the culture. And I think that's why Farrah doesn't have it is because this new generation doesn't need to have it as much. You know, there was, I don't know. Did you see this Facebook meme or it's, it's all over? It's all over social media where it's this little boy, which I was actually ta- I had a long talk about it yesterday with a friend and I want to talk about it with you, too. Mm-hmm. But there's a little boy who's putting on makeup. OK, to go. Yes, I have seen it. I've seen like a fast forward video of it. Well, I think, I think the video itself is fast. 
And then the some guy writes, "What would you say to your son if he was doing this?" Right, and so everyone's like, "Ah, I would say how much I love him." Blah 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 blah. blah, Right, right. So that's where we are now. I mean, and uh, I I don't think we we weren't anywhere near that even ten years ago. This is where we. This is it's kind of amazing where we are now. But I also have. But first, let me get your thoughts on that first, and then I'll go to the next part. Well, okay. I think that we. I think in a perfect world, that kid would only get responses or that video would only get responses of I would tell that kid that he's, you know, wonderful and that he is loved and stuff like that. But and not to go down the rabbit hole too much, but I think that we all thought the world was one way. And then last November, we saw that there's a lot of people that they they may not be as vocal, but they still have those feelings of hatred and they still have those feelings of anger. And it's just kind of under the surface until it's 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 kind of like you know a snake that's waiting to jump up jump out and strike so that that kid first of all that kid could beat a mug that i was impressed with how well his makeup was mm-hmm. but th- that's one of those that i think that our generation younger generations might go yeah he's fierce that sort of thing but i think generations like yours and my, like yours and mine i think that on some level we worry about that kid as far yeah. as what are the ramifications going to be for that kid when the kids at school not necessarily his friends but the other kids at school recognize that this video has gone viral. And then why is Jimmy putting on makeup, you know, when he's in third grade or fourth grade or whatever it is that, you know, that's the type of stuff that goes through my head. But we've also talked about my experience with bullying and we've talked about, you know, just what I how I've seen that through the community. So it, it makes sense that that's where my brain would go. No, again, that, that, equal playing fields. I don't know that that kid he has the he has support online, but those are kind of just voices out there that are supporting him that they're not all of those people that support him in that video aren't with him all day at school or aren't with him on the way to the bus stop or aren't with him when he's recognized at the mall or something and then called a name or you know beat up that kind of thing yeah i did discuss that that aspect of it which is yeah like i think my actual reaction would be totally acceptance and this kid would never know but i think internally my heart would be breaking knowing how hard it is yeah like it's easier for him than it has been in the past, but I think it's still hard. Junior high and high school sucks. Once he yeah. got to college, it, I think when he got to college, it's, it's smooth sailing. But it's getting through that, getting through junior high and high school is just rough. And this kid's little. He's a little boy. He's got to be like nine, ten. He looks one of these kids who's like maybe twelve, but looks nine or ten. Yeah, because especially like how like. The skill set's too much for me, nine or ten, don't you think? I I don't know. All I know is that I mean, up until the end, towards the end, he got a little sloppy. But for the most part, his his makeup, I was like, damn, this kid really knows how to put a face together. But so this is my my second part, my second point, which is, and there's no other way around it without sounding mildly pedophilish, um, which is. But I'm, I'm making a, a larger social point here. Is how much more is the acceptance because he's a cute little boy? Does that make sense? What about a person of color um, or a person that's not considered cute? Does he get the same sort of you go girl? Like, is this as viral? Is my question. No, no. It, I think it's a different group of kids. I think you've got people that you've got and, and when i say this it's i don't mean it to sound as insensitive as it's going to be but i think you have a different level of misfits or freaks that appreciate him if he's not if he's not stereotypically attractive yeah. or if he is a person of color i think that you've got just this you've got right now you have and i'm talking in with broad brush strokes you have the support of you know the gays with this kid mm-hmm. for the most part, I would think. So if he was a person of color, if he was not, you know, if he was an overweight, if he was a chubby little kid, or if he was not stereotypically attractive or what would be considered classically attractive for a child of that age, I get what you're saying as far as it sounds pedophilia. And that's not yeah, what I don't we're want going to have for. sex with a little boy, but like uh, we were you would get, agents. you would get people that maybe also felt that way and saw something in him. As far as the other, the people that were chubby or people of color or, you know, or are people of color yeah. or that don't, didn't feel as though that they had that classic 
look that people like to go for. I think they would be supporting him. Th- their voice would be more vocal. Yeah, there's that, you know, there's that classic problem, too, where there's a lot of kids who go missing, but they're, like, people of color. Like, the kids you always hear about in the news are always, like, cute little white kids that are missing or cute little kids that are missing, but people who yeah. are not as cute or... I think it's gotten a little bit better, but uh, especially if they're poor and of color, you just don't hear about it in the news. Like, oh, a poor kid of color is missing? Mm. Yeah. Who cares? But, you know, going back to the misfits, it brings up another topic I was talking, I was thinking about, is Katya. I want to talk about Katya here for a second, which is, I was actually wondering, this is a bigger drag race conversation here, but that's what this is for, is mm-hmm. sort of the life expectancy of the fame of, and I'm going to use, and th- this could apply to anybody, but I'm going to use right now the current biggest stars of Katya and Trixie. And I guess my question is, how long does this last? And if you're Katya, how frightened are you? And what I mean is this, is Katya and Trixie's fans are very special people. Okay, they're very, very strange. And I'm almost wondering, they attract a lot of misfits. Now, don't get me wrong. You can't have as big of a fan base as they do and it all be misfits. But they attract a lot of misfits. I'm just going to use that term. I don't mean it in a negative way. I don't mean it in a positive way. I just mean it is what it is. And uh, did we talk on the show about the event that happened at DragCon with Katya and Trixie? No. Okay, we'll talk about this right here. And... um. Because I think this this highlights a point, and I wonder if they get scared if that if these misfits are going to scare away their real fans, or that the real fans were just suddenly lose interest, and then all they're left with are the misfits. And is that who you want to be left with? Okay, so here's what happened at DragCon. So drag at DragCon, Katya and Trixie, actually the first day of DragCon in the morning, they had their panel. They did a, a live version of uh. Okay. Yeah, I noticed that it was on YouTube, and we were going to watch it, and then it was like 37 minutes, and we had something else we needed to do, so we figured we'd watch it later. Okay. Now, I know that they've cut this out of the video, but during the Q&A session, the very first person to get up, and this is nowhere to be found, unless someone filmed it and put it online, um, uh, the very first person to stand up was a very awkward human being uh, who stood up and said, I've written... Uh, uh, Are you telling me about fanfic? Yeah, fanfic, but like slash fic about them, right? Yeah, but but porn about them having sex with each other. Okay, and said, and I want to read it to you right now. And Conti and Trixie were like, no, 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 don't read it. And uh, I think he even said to the crowd something to the effect of, "You guys want to hear me read it?" And they were all like, almost unanimously, like, "No." And that it, that didn't stop him. He kept reading. And I guess it was really uncomfortable as he read and read, and Katya and Trixie were begging him to stop reading. And finally, I don't know how they did it. They got the microphone away from him. But I I heard it was very long. Like, three to five minutes it took for of him just continuing just to read out loud his fan fiction about them having sex. And I'm wondering, like, this is who... And I've seen it. Like This is who they attract. And I often read a lot of stories of people who, not resource, I'm sorry, I read posts by people on Reddit who are talking about Trixie or talking about Katya, and it's just very, very frightening and very, very strange. And so I guess I want to get your take on their appeal, but I also want to get a take of, should they be frightened? Like, how long How long can this last? And I'm going to make one more point. Because unlike most other stars, their one avenue for really reaching the audience is through RuPaul's Drag Race. And that's one of the unfortunate things about the way RuPaul's Drag Race is set up is you go through once and you get famous and then maybe you're an all-stars and then that that helps propel that you even more into the stratosphere. But then that's it. You're done. There's, I mean, Katya can't be on anything else, anything else anymore unless they bring her back for All-Stars 3. But uh, what, are you, what are your takes on this, uh, Taylor the Latte Boy? Well, okay. You you asked me a, a couple of questions there. Uh, I would say, as far as okay, this is this is a great example of you know how long does this, the fame last, or how long does you know what do you do when you, it starts to run out? I was on I was on our Patreon page or a little while ago, 
And I was looking up, there's a couple of other shows that I know are, are Patreon folks. So I was looking up stuff about them, um, just through our account. And one person who has a Patreon page is an artist named Chad Sell. Have you heard of him? Yeah, we follow him on Patreon. Oh, do, yeah. I think I've, I think I added him. So okay. he does amazing artwork of the Queens. So I went to his website. I was killing time until we went to we went to uh, went to tape or went to be on the air. And I was scrolling through all of his art. He has all of his RuPaul's Drag Race divided by season. And going back even three seasons ago, I couldn't tell you who some of the queens were that he was doing the art of. That I'm thinking, I remember the outfit. I kind of remember the challenge, but I have no idea who this queen is. He doesn't label so, it? No, he doesn't label them. It's just the art. I mean, oh. the ones from this season, it's very clear who everybody is. But you figure if we go to a season 12 or 13, I'm not going to remember James Mansfield. Yeah. I'm not going to remember, you know, there are certain other ones that I'm just not going to remember through this. What's the Kamora Black? I want to stop you this. right here for a second. You know what someone wrote on Reddit is they said, I know Cynthia Lee Fontaine was on this season. I cannot remember her. Well, and that's I there was pictures of her on the season eight stuff on this guy's page. And I'm like, oh, God, yeah, Cynthia Lee Fontaine did come back this season. She was on the front. Like, I totally it's so I think that especially as you start to add more and more queens. I mean, you figure last season they had the uh, Derek Berry was the 100th queen on the show. It's, it's going to dilute the water a little bit when there was only four or five seasons. It was a lot easier to remember everybody. I would be hard pressed to find somebody that could actually name all 114 or 113 queens that have been on the show. That's not to say they aren't out there, but I, I think that would be, that'd be very difficult for anybody to do. Um, so that, that's that as far as that you're, and you are right. That is a fast burning star. So you have pretty much from the time that you are on the show until the time the show is released, you've got this one opportunity to get all of your ducks in a row to release the music video or to release the, you know, the web series or whatever it is, because if it gets lost in the, if it gets lost in the shuffle, you're done really. Um, as far as, being fearful for themselves. I mean, I think that anytime you have anybody that's a, you know, celebrity and they're celebrities that are, they don't have like, you know, security entourages walking around with them or anything. They're really just kind of off on their own with the exception of maybe drag con where there's so many people, you know, I remember one of the drag, I remember somebody telling me, I saw somebody, was it lady bunny? Not telling me, but telling the audience or something as far as that, you know, saying, you know, I'm not RuPaul. I don't have security. I had to check myself into the best Western, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm there, you know, I'm there by myself. And, uh, you know, it was, it was something where they were talking about the fact that they don't have people around all them all the time. And you get some of these, as you call them stands that figure out, you know, where they live or, you know, they give it, they leave enough clues. It is, it is kind of scary. It can be very terrifying. Well, that happened with Katya where she had to go on her, um, I don't know, whatever streaming device she uses, whether it's Periscope or Instagram Live, and tell people, please stop. I guess people had figured out where she lived. This is when she lived in Boston. Mm-hmm. She lives in Los Angeles now, and I'm sure in a gated community. Um, they have like, I'm sure that's what they do over there, like gated apartment communities. And uh, But someone had figured out where she lives and had posted photos. And there's, you see, that they, have the, they go up, and I know she's expressed that she doesn't like this, where they call her, she hates being called mom. There's a lot of uh, fans who say, like, really awful, like, not awful, but, like, gross things to her, like, fuck me with a rake mom. And it's just, like, they say they, they're really, really extra with her. And I think she, that's why I brought up Katya. I think she struggles with that because I think she realizes how she cultivates that. Yeah. And I can understand why her persona gives people these misfits, like, essentially life. You know, like, oh, my God, there's someone who thinks like me. But... Katya's just on this side of normal. Just on Katya this side. Katya gets the Katya. Okay, this is I don't want this to sound disrespectful, but Katya gets the joke. Yeah. Whereas I think sometimes some of these these awkward kids who don't feel like they have a voice and don't feel like they have a way to express themselves, they see her and they have that connection. They they think that she is on the same level. And she isn't. She is doing this as a job and she is doing this as a way to express herself. But she also isn't. We're not Katya all the time walking around in the 70s clothes and spreading our legs and and doing the weird, you know, flips and stuff like that. We're, this is just something that we do for a living. 
And I think that some of these some of these kids don't see it or something. And I say kids, I think some of them are adults. Some of them are definitely older than that. But yeah, that was a whole thing on Tumblr for a while where everybody was calling her mom. And I didn't, I didn't get that. It was just an odd, that was always just an odd thing to me. You know, touching on what you said, that's something that I actually like, I wouldn't say struggle with in my own life, but like, I'm glad this is a Patreon only episode, but like, <laughs> it's something I've struggled about with my brother. Where my brother, you know, he casually knows my friend Chris through me, right? Uh-huh. But my brother, especially like when um, Rogue One came out, um, just for anyone listening, I'm friends with uh, a screenwriter director, and one of the things he wrote recently was Rogue One. He was one of the writers on Star Wars, Star Wars Rogue One, or Rogue One, a Star Wars story, whatever it's called. Yeah. And my brother's a big Star Wars nerd. And, you know, I've been following the Rogue One story since he got the job, you know, just from talking to him and hanging out with him. I see him frequently. He's like, I wouldn't say Mercedes and Chris are at, like, taffy level with me, but, like, they're somewhere close to that. I see them frequently. There's a bond. There's a bond there. I'm not not talking about the value of friendship. I'm just saying how frequently I see him. Okay. You know? And, uh, and... So the reason I bring that up is not to name drop, but my brother, I, we've gotten in some sort of like tense discussions because my brother, because again, my brother being a Star Wars nerd would be like, well, has Chris mentioned this or Chris mentioned that? And I've, it, I I tell him this and I, I can see him, it. he hears me but doesn't process that Chris sees this as a job and literally he's not sitting down like regaling me with stories all the time about star Wars, you know? Now look, if I had questions, he would answer them. And sometimes something interesting may have happened and he would share it with me, you know, but he wasn't sitting here going like, so here's the thing. Uh, Jin Erso, her history is like, uh, no, we're not having a star Wars fan convention fan. Joe, do you enjoy that orange? It reminds me of an orange I had when I was on the set of star Wars rogue one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's, it's, it's a conversation like you would have with Taffy and, and I have with you. And I mean, that we, Chris and I rarely talk about show business or movies at all. We talk about, He's right now. He's into cocktails, and we talk about cocktails, or we talk about whatever. Yeah. Too, just the way you talk. Like, how often are you talking to Taffy about what she does, and how often is she talking to you about what you do? No, I, I don't. I well, I don't talk about stuff that goes on with my clients because that would be unethical. But I mean, you know, I, I, I talk in generalities about my work, but we don't spend a lot of time talking about work because I, the last thing I want to do is talk about counseling people. Yeah, same thing here. Which is why I do it on a podcast about drag queens. <laughs> yeah, but so the, so even on that level, what I'm bringing up here is, is I think people think Katya is like that all the time. That Katya is just going to roll on the floor with laughter if you walk up to her on the street and say, Mom, fuck me with a rake. That's so I know. That's, that's just so I don't I don't get why anybody would think that would be socially appropriate to go up and say that to somebody. Because I, think I remember they believe that persona that, is real. Well, right. And I mean and that and that's that weird they don't understand what's reality and what's not. I remember years ago, back when I was in college, I watched One Life to Live. Mm-hmm. And there was a character on there named Todd Manning, and he was he was a rapist on the show and they had a big trial and all that kind of stuff. And it was whatever, but he became a very popular character because he had the nineties long hair and the scruff, the scruffy beard and all that kind of stuff. And he was very brooding and dark and they figured out a way to kind of redeem him while keeping him that. But he used to have people that would come up to him and say, rape me, please rape me. So, I mean, that, that's that I just, that is something that is a part of celebrity that I think is very scary that people don't recognize what is real and what's not. I mean, we see all the time, you know, where people have to get restraining orders or um, I, I recently listened to a podcast about Rebecca Schaefer, who yeah. was, my you know, she was killed. Yeah, my sister Sam. And I knew because I remember that happened when I was in high school. I knew that she was killed by a stalker. But the whole story behind it was fascinating just how ridiculous how ridiculously easy it was for him to figure out back in the late 80s early 90s where she lived how to get into her apartment building all that kind of stuff it's it's scary 
Yeah. I think they changed the law because of her, because at the time you could just go to the DMV and have someone's license plate number. and They'd give you the person's address and everything. Um, That's true. So, uh, yeah. Well, you know, on the flip side of that, too, is the kid who played uh, Prince or King Joffrey on Game of Thrones. Have you ever seen him just speaking in general? Like when he's not being Joffrey, he's like a very nice, well-spoken kid. Yeah, they say that he's a really nice kid, but he's pretty much where his acting career is ruined because he everybody will only see him as Joffrey. And he quit acting, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. He's he's not acting anymore. Yeah, he was over it, and I think he in many interviews he would talk. People would literally think he was Joffrey and like threaten him and say horrible things to him. And and what is that? disconnect where they don't realize that television is not real they don't realize that you know again going back to sharing a lot of stuff here it's, it's something i struggle with with my parents as well um you know my parents live their life based on the way old television shows tell them the thing so like they think you're supposed to do xyz because mm-hmm. That's how they do it on the television show. That's the way the Cleavers ate around the dinner table, and the dad always wore a suit at the dinner table, and the mom wore heels, you know? And they don't go to that extreme, but they really do look to television as a model how to live their life. I don't, anyway, Katya's fans are crazy. <laughs> yes, to boil it down. And they, and they think everything is real. Now, Taylor, I, to take a hard left here... I was going to say, can we talk about something a little more upbeat, please? Because yeah. this is what we're going to talk about now is you and I were part of a roast. You yes. and I were part of a roast a few years ago, mm-hmm. and so you know that's one of the things you know that's un- unusual here is you know the queens had to do a roast this this week, and Taylor and I have done a roast. Um, now here's the thing, and we'll probably have to like stop and start, and you can tell me because we're going to right now we're going to play Taylor's roast. Okay. Now, God. Taylor, before we play your roast, why don't you give us some backstory here? We're probably going to stop a lot and explain some inside jokes. Or do you want to okay. explain any before we get in there? No, we'll, exp- we'll explain the jokes. Um, this was uh, during an event that we, Joe and I, uh, go to called Pride 48. Obviously, you're all on Pride48.com. And, and every year, for a couple of years, they had an event in Vegas for a weekend. And what they would do is all of the different podcasts that are part of this network would all come together and they would do live shows so that you could have a studio audience, that there could be audience participation. And we it was it was a very incestuous group of where everybody kind of was on every each other's shows and it was it was drunken debauchery and it was always a lot of fun. So every year the con convention, for lack of a better word, would pick a host. And the host would be one of the um one of what they call the suits, which are one of the coordinators of it. And this year, the person who was in charge of it was somebody named Joey Boohecker. Joey has been talked about on Drag Race as he is the uh, alter ego for Medea on The Library is Open, a, a, another Drag Race recap show that was on a couple years ago. So, and Joey has a very cantankerous relationship with a lot of people. So people kind of went in for blood on this one. Um, is, am, am I saying everything? Is there anything that I'm missing at this point? Um, no, but we're going to play your whole rose. I need jokes. So we have Scott the Seder is the first one up, I think, that you're going to make fun of. Do you want to say anything about him? No, Scott wasn't the first one. That you made, oh, he's not the first one you made fun of? Okay, I don't know. Adam, uh, maybe I, uh, maybe it, well, I made fun of my co-host Taffy yeah. first, and then I talked about Scott who is the co-host or is the co-host of the Seder Sphere podcast. Mm-hmm. And then I talked about Adam Burns. Uh, Burns, who is the who is a co-host of uh, Dubious Intent. Then I think I talked about uh, Donna, Donna Sugars, Donna Sugars. No, maybe I talked about – I don't know. I don't know who I talked about each time. Well, well but, let's play a little bit of it. No, but, but okay. one of the things I want to talk about is you said – I don't think on this podcast. I think on your own podcast that this is one of your proudest moments in podcasting, correct? It's one of my – okay. It's, I knew you were going to come back and bite me on the ass on that one. It's, it's a moment that I am excited about – was excited about because you wonderfully wrote everybody's – jokes or you helped everybody with their jokes and 
I wanted to try to do this on my own. I loved roast when I was a kid. I love the Comedy Central roast and I really wanted to try this. And you were helpful to me in that I read you the jokes and you were my litmus test because I remember reading them to you over the phone and at one point you paused for a second and then you started laughing. And I thought, okay, this is good. This is good because I feel like, you know, if I can get you to laugh, we've talked about on pot as my co-pilot. One of my favorite sounds in the world is this, if I get Joe Batanz to laugh. So I knew that I was on the right path. You're getting ready to say something dickish. I could tell no, you just, just jumped up to the microphone. Nope. Oh, okay. Um, so that was that that was I was I was proud to be able to do something like that. My my delivery is not necessarily the best because I got very because some of the jokes were in my I considered to be mean and I wasn't sure how people were going to react. But so there's giggling. Plus, we also had done a shot of, I think, brandy ski, like, or something like that. Yeah. was a brandy or something. We'd all done a shot about about 20 minutes to a half an hour before. So I was feeling that a little bit as well. All right, here we go. And we, and we, Taylor, when you want me to stop, just put your hand up and we can stop and explain things. Okay. All right. Here we go. Color my favorite 401. Oh, wait. Rewind that a little bit. Thank you all very much. Tappy Carlisle Huffington, ladies and gentlemen. Or as I like to call her, my favorite 401k plan. <laughs> Tappy likes to talk about sex with her husband, Tank Huffington. Round of applause for Tank Huffington. Yeah. She also likes to talk about how big his dick is. Well, she would if she could get his cock out of her mouth for more than a minute. <laughs> we get it, Taffy. You like to fuck. <laughs> Tank has been inside you more times than Adam's got citrus canker on his nutsack. Yes. Okay. So that joke is Adam, which it keeps getting brought up. Adam, at one point, years and years ago, was more of an exhibitionist and had had a um, video in which he had sex with a piece of fruit. And he had posted it on, I yeah. think it was Xtube he's or fucking, something. He's fucking a watermelon. It, he's you can fu- still, he's fuck- you, was it a watermelon or a yeah. cantaloupe? I thought it was a watermelon. You can, you can find it on Xtube still. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you don't we want should to post you, a link. <laughs> yeah, you go, just go to, the, look up, go to Xtube and look up the Adam and Maddie show. Go ahead. Okay, there you go. All right. <laughs> Everyone knows that Taffy loves Disney. But do you want to know what her favorite ride is? No. No. The Tower of Terror, because it's the one thing that goes down more often than she does. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Adam is here, ladies and gentlemen, as well. Woo! Woo! Adam always trying to hold on to his... Yes. Okay. Adam um, has... is follically challenged. Let's just put it that way. Okay. okay. The clothes, the hat... The hair. (laughs) Adam, let me give you some advice. Nothing looks as good as self-dignity feels. (laughs) Let me ask you, at this point, Taylor, what are your feelings? What do you feel? Are you nervous? I'm very nervous. I I knew with Taffy it was going to be okay because I could could say – and she hadn't heard any of the jokes. I specifically did not let her know any of the jokes ahead of time. And I was – but I knew that she would – take take it in stride some of the other people i know but i don't really know really well and this is also i was the second to technically i was the last one before joey, joey. yeah so i kind of had already heard all of the jokes and mm-hmm. i i at no point did, i think there was one joke that i kind of went ow but i mean it, it i got over it immediately mm-hmm. you know but i still wasn't sure if people were going to be as receptive to the things that i was saying okay Okay. Adam loves technology. He's actually using Snapchat on his hair right now. <laughs> Adam, I'm not saying your hair looks like a toupee, but blind guy Jay snickers every time you walk past. <laughs> I tried to come up with some good jokes for Seder, but then I realized God beat me to it. Sater, you had major success this year with the Adams Family. Congratulations on that. What was it like playing a bald guy with a grating voice and a morose view on... Oh, wait, Joey, we'll get to you in a minute. I'm sorry. And Scott, we get it. You have a big dick. It is the worst kept... The second worst kept secret in Pride 48. Who here hasn't seen a picture of the Impaler? 
Except poor blind guy Jay. Anybody else? We get it. You know. We know. We know. Your dick is, your dick is so big, you still think taffy's tight. Yes. That was one of my favorite jokes. Oh, <laughs> I really? Said. I was particularly proud of that joke. And I know that I also went to some websites that kind of talked about how to do a roast. And I, so I definitely kind of modified that, mm-hmm. but I, I, I was, I was particularly proud of that horrible, horrible joke about my best friend. Okay. So. Okay. Oh! <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's not that big. It's not that big. Speaking of tore up cunts, Wendy Cameron, everyone. All right. Wendy is, am I stopping it too much? No. Is this is okay? No, it's fine. Okay. W- Wendy is Joey's co-host. She is, um, she, she's, she's an older woman and she has, lo- she, that year she had a lot of health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, this is 2015. We did yeah. this. Mm-hmm. So she'd had a lot of health issues where she actually almost, I think died at one point. So, so of course we're going to make fun of her during a roast. So go ahead. <laughs> Wendy, physically, you are a mess. You're old. And you have no social skills. But when you open your mouth, it's like the voice of an angel appears. You're like Susan Boyle without the sex appeal. <laughs> you are a fucking mess. Do you know that? Bobby Christina had a better go- get up and go year this year than you. <laughs> You keep leasing that apartment to tenants that won't pay you? <laughs> you must be really sad that they haven't let Manson out yet. You know the perfect little one-bedroom for him, and you can show each other your matching swastika. What's going on right now? Is there another podcast playing? How would that happen? They can't. We have the stream. I don't know. We heard about wrapping gifts during someone's time in retail. Oh, my husband just yelled yes from the other room. Huh. Hold on. Here he comes. What's going to meet Baba Lou in a second. Okay. Hold, hold on just a second. Okay, um, he says that another podcast is coming in every once in a while. Oh, how weird. So I wonder if it's the one that's playing when no other shows are playing. Like we're losing the feed for a second and then coming back. Is anybody hearing the the, the roast? Because I'm wondering if when you switch over to the music, if that's that's causing the... the... But why would that... Co- this is so boring for anyone who's listening. And I'm so not editing this. <laughs> Okay. Um, let's see here. What should? So wait. So right now, ask them. To, right now, we sound fine, everyone. If if do, can you hear us perfectly fine right now? Aaron's writing something. Kegels. Right now, we just hear you guys. We can hear the rose too. That's weird. No, no, they don't. They don't hear the roast right now. I think he's saying that they can hear us right now. Oh, wait. And they can hear the. No, I know it, they can hear the roast too. I'm still hearing two at least. Huh. Well, let's call friend of the show Adam Burns right now on the air. Hey, Adam, it's Joe. First of all, you're on the air right now through my speakerphone. But I'm calling you because so the people in the chat room are saying that they're hearing like they're hearing our show, but at least one or two other podcasts are coming through at the same time. Um, How would that happen? I don't know. <clears throat> I've never heard of that happening before. Are they Are they hearing it like... More than one person is hearing this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Babalu's hearing it. People are in the chat room are saying it. Can, wait, Taylor, Taylor, can Babalu come in and tell us exactly what he's hearing? Yeah. 
Babalu, if you can hear this, come in, come in, please. Dr. Babalu, Dr. Babalu, come right away. Yeah, Babalu, if you can hear this, come in, come in, please. <laughs> oh, Adam's on the stream. Dr. Babalu, Dr. Babalu, come right away. Oh, now it sounds like it's echoing. Well, because Adam's listening. I'll put on. I'm... Okay. Okay. Hold on a minute. So Adam doesn't hear anything weird. Okay. Some people are using the tune-in radio up on my iPhone. Okay. I just heard like a podcast. There doesn't okay. appear to be. There's no way. There's okay. No but is it talking? Oh, hold on. A So let me ask people in the chat room, because someone just said, I'm using the TuneIn Radio app on my iPhone and not sure if that will fix the problem. Oh, so on tu- is on is TuneIn Radio fine? I'm listening on the website. Okay, listen for a while. Okay, wait. Now, Taylor's talking to Babalu. So so one of the, th- the complaints that we were hearing, because we're playing audio from the roast, you know, of um, from the Boo Hecker roast, and people are saying when the, it happens worse when... Uh, when the audio from the roast is here. Wait, Taylor, Taylor's coming with an update. Wait, Taylor, you have an update? Uh, he was just saying that it would go to us and then suddenly it would stop. There would be, there was another podcast playing and then it would go back to us. He said it happened twice and it hasn't happened since. So he said, because Adam can't hear you, Taylor. Um, or to Adam, put on the, <laughs> put on the stream. Um, <laughs> but uh, according to Taylor, Babalu said it happened a couple of times where it would go, it would cut in and out between me and another podcast. That only could happen if you lost your connection to the stream. So, it, it, so oh, so it could if, be me. If it's, if it's cutting in and out, if you're, if if it's literally switching over to the podcast and you're completely gone, and then you're coming back, mm-hmm. that means that your application lost connection. As soon as the connection is lost, it switches back to autoplay. Right. But that doesn't make any sense because, well, yeah, it must be it must be the application because um, I didn't have any Skype problems with Taylor. All right, well, we'll figure it out. Yeah, well, if I mean, yeah, that's the only possible. You know, if it was saying, if they're saying that a podcast was playing under you and like you were talking and they were hearing the podcast at the same time, I've never heard of that happening. If if literally it's flipping back and forth between you and the podcast then it means you're losing your, your application is losing the connection. And it's set to, your application is probably set to auto-reconnect. Mm-hmm. So it loses it and then immediately starts trying to reconnect and then connects again. All right. So well, that would make sense. Okay. That would be on your end, either internet or something with your app. All right, we'll figure it out. Okay, Adam, well, listen, maybe you can hear it, but we're only on for a few more minutes and then... Uh, okay. All right, bye. Okay. So now I was like, oh, great. I don't have to edit a show. Well, that's it's easy edit. All right. Back to the guys. You know what? Here's the deal. If it happens, it's not going to happen on my recording. So if you're missing stuff, you can always uh, uh, listen to the recording. (laughs) Sorry. That's all I can say. All Mm. right. Here we go. (laughs) Donna Sugars, ladies and gentlemen. Can we get Joey at the pens, please? <laughs> yes. Okay, do- Okay. real quick. Donna Sugars is the other co-host of Cocktails and Cream Puffs and a former co-host of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, yes, she is. Yes. <laughs> Donna Sugars, ladies and gentlemen. Or should I say ladies, gentlemen, and whatever the fuck Donna is. <laughs> Donna, I was so happy when you met that other volcano this year in that movie. No, no, too, too much? Okay, too soon, too soon. Donna was recently part of this year's Gay Pride Parade in Buffalo, which was amazing. I loved that episode when you talked about that. She was afloat, I mean, sorry, rode afloat, wearing a huge blonde Afro wig, which you're wearing tonight, I think, and a rainbow caftan. She looked like the cast of hair had used her for a cum rag. Donna's hoping to get lucky this, year, this weekend in Vegas, so if any of you would like to imagine what baby Huey looks like with a ball gag in his mouth, stop by Donna's room. 
I'd like to say more about Donna, but I'm afraid she'd run up here and beat me up while yelling, I'm going to wreck it. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, there's the man, and I use that term so loosely, of the hour, Ma Petit. I mean, Joey Boohecker. (laughs) Joey was once in a musical called Naked Boy Singing. You were, and I wrote the sequel. It was called Horrified Audiences Vomiting. <laughs> How the fuck did you get this job as host this weekend? Was Feast of Fun not available? Oh! oh. <laughs> I knew that one would kill. Okay. <laughs> Joey, you're short, annoying, and grating. You pick fights with people three times your size and four times your height. You're the scrappy do of Pride 48. <laughs> You feel that yelling at people until they do what you want is a, an appropriate communication tactic. I learned from you, Mom. <laughs> You're like Donald Trump, except he still has his real hair. Oh! Do you want to know a difference between Joey Buhacker and Donald Trump? Yes. 25% of Donald Trump's party actually likes Donald Trump. <laughs> you've, <laughs> you've had success giving life to a character this year, a washed-up old slut who goes around giving people free money. But we talked about Wendy earlier. (laughs) Joey, all kidding aside, we at Pod is my co-pilot love you and are so glad that our working relationship has grown over the last year. We wish the same thing could be said about your height. I'd say you're a pain in the ass, but let's face it, everybody knows you're a big bottom. Have a great night, everybody. (laughs) Okay. um, So, Taylor... um, any final thoughts here on your roast? Um, I think there's definitely some of the jokes that I wish I had landed a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I think a couple of times I tripped up on my own tongue. So it, 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 it's one of those that the one, there's the one joke, the horrified, horrified audience is vomiting. The, yeah. I do the, uh, so I, I feel very Anna Nicole, you like my body <laughs> when I say yeah. that, but I, I still, I'm, I, I like it. I like the whole, I like everybody's jokes, but I I am particularly proud of the fact that I actually wrote something and performed it in front of people, and and I got as much of a positive reaction as I did. I did. what do you what do you think about it? I, I thought it was really good for never having written jokes before, never having done a roast before, um, you know, because a lot of people had to basically write their act for them, and and we didn't play Joey's roast, but Joey. Joey and I famously had a, a big fight the day before the roast, and so he marched out and said he was going to write his own jokes, and we all saw how that went. But um, it was very pheromone. But um, <laughs> what I did want to talk about was like, so I play, so Joey Boohecker created a character named, um, what is her name? Betsy Carmichael. Betsy Carmichael. And so I thought it'd be funny as a surprise to come out dressed in Betsy Carmichael's drag. And to roast Joey as Betsy Carmichael. So I'm going to play... I only, I only took the part out. I only took one part out. And it's when I roast Taylor. So really, there's no backstory. The only backstory you need to know is I'm doing a weird voice. because I'm, I'm mimicking Joey doing Betsy Carmichael. Who he says... Oh, it's just a high-pitched voice in a weird mid-Atlantic accent saying dear a lot. That's all okay. it is. So here we go. Joe Batant roasting Taylor the Latte Boy. Joe Batant as Betsy Carmichael, actually, roasting Taylor the Latte Boy. A minute long. Taylor the Latte Boy, dears! He has a blonde best friend, and he's getting married to a cranky Cuban guy. Taylor is becoming more and more like Lucille Ball. The only difference is that Lucy was actually funny, and Lucy couldn't actually finish all of those chocolates. You know, actually, I have a secret. When did she become British, by the way? <laughs> Taylor the Latte Boy is not his real name. Hello, dear. Hello, dears. Taylor doesn't want the celebrity life to interfere with his personal life. But I'm here to tell you all his real name, dears. And no one really gives a fuck. Get over yourself. No one cares, dear. I'm kidding, of course. Of course, Taylor's a celebrity. He's a sad, middle-aged man who lives in Florida, collects comic books, and still gets excited when a new Disney movie comes out. You know, just like George Clooney. (laughs) Is Joe Batanz here? Betsy also roasted me. Strange. Okay. That was strange. (laughs) 
So, uh, yeah, so that's, I, I think we all did a better job than any of the drag queens. Uh, Taylor, we are at, I think, even including our little uh, um, um, mid-show uh, uh, interruption there, technical difficulties. I think we're at the 45 minutes. Uh, let's see, there aren't that many people in the chat room, but does anybody... Yeah, we lost a-, a bunch of people during the technical Did we stuff? really? Yeah, yeah, we did lose some people, but we have somebody new named Donna Powdered Sugars. I know, which Donna is Powdered Sugar. my new favorite, my food new favorite name. Uh, does anybody have any questions? Oh yeah, we lost a punt because it's just literally Babaloo, Good Humor Penguin. Yeah, oh my god, we lost so many people. Hmm. Anyway, well, the, you know there. Are- oh, thanks, Joe. It was Taylor that said that. What? She said, thanks, Joe, when I said Donna Powdered Sugars is one of my new favorite names. Oh. But, but you got credit for it. Well, oh, well. I, I don't think there's really anyone there in their answer score. So let's just wrap up the show, Taylor. Well, okay. Does anybody have a question? Let's, let's, let's at least, let's at least, they're here for the first one. So I, let's see if, let's see if anybody has a question. You can always edit this down a little bit if nobody does. But if somebody does, we want to, we want to give them the opportunity on the very first Patreon episode. You can be the first person to ask a question on the Patreon only episodes. This might be a trivia answer one day. We have to hear it first. Valerie's still there. Sci Fantastic. I feel yeah, we lost like four or five. You know what it is? They all went over to uh, TuneIn Radio, I think. Maybe. Well, but TuneIn Radio was when was where Babalu was saying there was an issue. So uh, was it TuneIn Radio that was the issue then? I don't know. Because that's what someone else. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, three. Well, someone just signed in. No, oh, see. Okay. Uh oh. Uh oh. Babalu something. Oh god. Oh no. Oh god. We're in trouble. No, he isn't. He isn't writing anything else. So I guess we're okay. Okay. So people, all of a sudden, it's. What is the most what crucial is the most part? crucial part of a good roast? Oh, and somebody asked somebody a while back when we were having all the problems asked about the Valentina thing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I saw that. That's good. Thank you. Um, I... <laughs> okay. Um, what is the most? I don't know the most crucial part of a good roast. I, I wouldn't say I'm that experienced to tell you that. I can write a decent roast joke. I wouldn't tell you. I could say personally. When writing a roast joke, I think the cadence is really important and actually not being afraid to go really mean. Not being afraid to go really mean. And one of the reasons uh, Betsy Carmichael, when I was playing Betsy Carmichael, um, roasted Joe Batanz is I thought it was important because – so the reason Betsy Carmichael – there is a, a, a method to the madness. The reason Betsy – read Joe Batance in a very mean fashion is I had been a surprise guest. That means people didn't write jokes for me. And so I thought it'd be very assholey to not tell anyone I was going to do that and then go up there and attack everybody. So I figured, okay, I'll attack myself because then people will feel like I got it too. Does that make sense? So yes. I think I think it's important to uh, make sure you make fun of yourself or that you're made fun of. So that way there, there is that equal playing field that we're talking about. The Valentina drama. So when I was at DragCon, you know, and, and, and if, you know, all of you guys actually have access to, if you go to the Patreon page, you have access to the DragCon interviews that are there. And I've talked about that, the fact that there was a press room and then there was the floor. And the PR company made it clear that, you know, they could try and help you in the press room. They couldn't guarantee you get a queen. But if you went to the floor, you could just walk up to them and perhaps they would talk to you. And without exception, except, well, with one exception, it's true. Every drag queen, oh, you know what? What? Hold on. I got to do something here. They, they just lost the stream. That was my fault, though. Uh, hold on. They just lost the stream? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's my fault, though. That was my fault. I'm, I'm using a... Um... Can you tell them? I'm, I'm, we'll be back in 10 seconds. <laughs> I'm using a, um, a, like a, a trial version of NiceCast. And so after an hour, you have to... 
Okay, so we're back. After an hour, you have to um, restart the program. Okay. So anyway. Um, so anyway, um, what was I saying? You're talking about oh, that. So out on the floor, all so, of the queens all, were. So out on the floor, without with, with one exception, all of the queens were very generous. Like, And I, as I said in the, in the recording, uh, oh, okay, everyone, you lost me because I'm a cheap ass and I'm using a trial version of this app that has us go in the stream. But the trial version only gives you an hour. So after an hour, all you got to do is restart it, you know? So I had to restart it. And that was my fault for not paying attention. Um, Anyway, um, yeah, we should be back. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, that's what happened right now. So maybe I'll I'll be I'll stop being a cheap ass. But I, here's the deal, Taylor, with this app. Before we go back to Valentina, it gives you an hour for free. How often am I doing a show of more than an hour on the stream? Well, okay, we okay. Well, we're, we're, this is our first one doing it. We're already over an hour, so. But yeah, but in, but what I did happens on the gold bar all the time. I just tell that I I'd watch the time. And okay. I say, oh, hey, guys, I'm, I'll be back in 20 seconds. It's still better than playing pain for it, don't you think? Anyway, uh, and we'll go, to Taylor's, we'll go to Taylor's question in a second. Let me just answer the question really fast. So okay. uh, with one exception, uh, Valentina had a huge line, and her people, I, I will say in fairness, it wasn't Valentina, but her people straight up said no. They said, nope, she's not doing any interviews. She's doing this line. And at first, I was very anti-Valentina about this. I was like, oh, fuck her, that fucking snobby-ass bitch, right? But then I later found out she wasn't charging fans for the meet-and-greet, where everybody else, Michelle Visage, Farrah Moan, Trixie Mattel, Charlie Hydes, Kimora, every drag queen, you had to buy something to meet them, okay, and take a picture Mm -hmm. with them. Valentina, you didn't have to buy shit. You gotta stand in line, but you don't have to buy anything. So, look, if she turns down an interview, um, if I'm a fan, I'm sort of impressed by that. There you go. Yeah. So, okay. Okay, so Taylor, uh, there's a question for you. It's a serious question. Taylor, I've never been to Disney World. I'm going for a conference in July, and we have one free afternoon in Magic Kingdom. Anything specific I should, should do or can't miss there? I think if you're going there for the afternoon, um, wait, wait, you stop. really... I'm sorry, Taylor. I only have an hour on the stream when you answer this question. Oh, okay, shut up. Um, it, it depends really on what you like. I mean, are you a roller coaster person? Are you more a nostalgic ride fan? Are you somebody that enjoys parades or shows? Um, I would definitely do some research now going to Disney World's website and looking at the rides. And then finding if you only have a couple that you can go to, you're going to want to download the My Disney Experience app and create an account. And I just heard a big laugh. So um, come from the other room. So and you want to download that and then you want to try to get some fast passes for for the rides that you are interested in doing. I think Bob Lee was laughing at my fantastic joke that you only have an hour on the stream. Oh, okay. So we're that far behind in the, yeah. okay. Um, so that that would be that would be the easiest thing to do. I mean, there's always the classics. Uh, personally, if I only had if I only had time to ride like one or two rides, and I could get fast passes to things, I would always do Space Mountain, and I would always do like if I'm going to do you want to do the classics like Space Mountain, Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean. Those are those are the ones that I really feel like I have to do when I'm there. All right. Did we answer all the questions? Well, Donna is writing something, so got it. Downloading the app now. Thank you. So, and Donna, Donna if you have any Sugars. other questions, you can always email me at like potismycopilot at gmail dot com, mm-hmm. and I'll try to answer questions for you. Well, yeah, yeah. I, ironically, Donna Powdered Sugar. Oh, I almost gave away who she is. I know who she is. You know who that is? Uh huh. Anyway, um, do I know who it is? Yeah, but well, I don't know if you know who it is, but you know who this person is. Like, you know right. this person. If I said this is who that person is, you know who that person is. Okay, because I know somebody that usually comes in July to a conference. We'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Any other questions? Going once. Going twice. We're on a delay, so we have to wait for that delay to hit. Otherwise, t- you know, it's, it's 11.06 where Taylor is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. I know who it is. So wait a minute. That's that person is going to be in Orlando. So I might get to meet that person. I don't want to say who it is, but that's Donna Powdered Sugars. Would you actually meet Taylor the Latte Boy? Two people who don't use their real names. <laughs> How would we find each other in the crowds? Yeah. Uh, no. okay. Donna Powdered Sugar, send me an email and we'll 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 uh, we'll chat chat a little bit more. All right. Okay, guys. Um. Well, uh, that's going to conclude another episode. Well, no, our first episode of the monthly live stream. Um. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. If, if you guys missed any part of it, it will be up on the Patreon page. Uh, at some, I'll, I'll try and do it tonight. Actually, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I want to have a nice. <laughs> I want to have a nice podcast-free day tomorrow. So yeah, because it's only eight o'clock there. You still got the night ahead of you. Yeah, and, and I'm just gonna. I'm really. I'm honestly. I'm just gonna cut out like the technical difficulty part and just put the rest up. I don't give a shit. Okay. I don't care. Do what All you right. gotta do. All right. Well, for Joe Batanz and Taylor Latte Boy, sashay away until this week's episode. Valerie wants us to leave it in. Do you think we should leave it in? Sure. Why not? Oh, all right. Well, I would put in something in the description of the episode saying we had technical. We left it in at the request of people that showed up for the um, people that showed up for the live show. Okay. Um, did you have a good time doing this? Yeah. 